Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. Well, Gather, welcome to the second Sunday of Lent. And uh, this season is the season uh, of preparation for Easter. It's a, it's a season leading up uh, in the church calendar to Easter Sunday. And this is a deeply human season. It's one of the reasons I like it so much, right? It's a, it's a human season. And, and during Lent this year in our community, we're focusing on the re- reality that the acceptance of our humanity is a pathway to encounter God. That, that we don't have to push down our humanity, that we don't have to avoid it, that actually in, in the acceptance of who we are, we get to encounter the loving and the living God. And last week, we, we talked about how um, all of our humanity, right, all of who we are, our limitations, our desires, our stories, our beliefs, all of who we are is not just welcomed by God. It's invited by God, that God desires, that God wants to encounter our full humanity. And all during Lent, that's what we're talking about. That as we embrace our full selves, that as we embrace all of our humanity, we will encounter the loving and the living God. And today we're, we're continuing this conversation about our humanity. And uh, today, today we're talking about our beliefs. Or more specifically, the stories we tell ourselves, the narratives that form us around who we are and who God is. And this is deeply human. It is deeply personal as well. The way that we view ourselves, the way we think about ourselves at our very core, and the way that we understand God, the way that we understand how we all got here and what this all is. It is human. And some people might call that your theology. And everyone, 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 like definitely you, everyone, has a story they tell themselves about themselves, a narrative that shapes their understanding of life. And everyone has a story they tell themselves about God. And today I want to look at a passage of scripture that I think we can use to help reform or or reshape our theology, reform, reshape our, our story that we tell about ourselves and about God. And this is what the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 17. He says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against him. And he was committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So there's a lot of words in that passage, a lot about reconciliation, uh, but a, a, a kind of typical biblical passage where it just says the same things over and over and over again. But I think today it can help us reframe, reshape our story, the story we tell ourselves about ourselves and about God. And there is a story that many of us have heard, uh, and I think some of us ha- have internalized and, and taken uh, taken on for ourselves. The, the story goes like this. 
that God created humanity and then humanity sinned. We weren't perfect. And that we, that, that you and me weren't perfect and therefore we exist as fallen, as evil, as corrupt from the very moment we're born. And because of that fallenness, because of our very nature, because of our corruption, God looks on us with displeasure. That God doesn't like us very much, that he's disappointed in us, maybe even disgusted. But God wants to like us. I mean, he created us after all. And so he sends Jesus to live and to die and to be resurrected. And if we believe in Jesus, then when God looks at us, he doesn't see us anymore. He sees Jesus. And the story we've learned and the story we tell ourselves is that Jesus came to change God's mind about us. That God didn't like us very much, so he sent Jesus. And now, because of Jesus, God has changed his mind about us. The story we tell ourselves about ourselves and about God is our theology, and it seeps into who we are, and eventually it becomes our identity. I'm afraid that we think God doesn't like us very much. I'm afraid that some of us have internalized the message that who we are at our very core caused the God of the universe to torture and kill his only son. What intense religious pressure that is to live under. To think that who we are caused someone to murder someone else. Of course, we would feel guilty if that's the story we tell. Some of us have even been told that the death that Jesus died is the death that we deserve. Of course, we would be afraid of God if that's the story we tell ourselves about God that God thinks we deserve to be tortured and killed. But look at what Paul is saying in 2 Corinthians 5. Okay, God, He says that God is reconciling us to him. Right? In verse 19, it says, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. God wasn't reconciling himself to the world. Do you see the difference here? God didn't need to change his mind about you. God didn't need to change his mind about you. Jesus didn't come to reconcile God to us. He came to reconcile us to God. Jesus came to change our minds about God. We're the ones who needed reconciliation and repentance. Earlier in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul says, Christ's love compels us. It's our view of Christ on the cross the crucified God willing to suffer and die, the Lamb of God slain that compels us to see God in a new light. We need the reconciliation. We need the repentance. We need to change our mind about God, but God has never needed to change his mind about you. Jesus shows us who God really is, who God has always been. And Jesus invites us to be reconciled, brought back together in relationship with the God who has only and ever had one posture towards you, unconditional love and delight. This should be 
the story we tell ourselves about ourselves and about God. This should be the fundamental, uh, this should be the foundational truth of our theology that we, you and I, are worthy of love, not just because of who God is, but because of who we are. You, you are inherently lovable and worthy to receive love. And God has always and only been a loving, caring, and present reality. But the problem with these narratives that we have, these stories that we tell ourselves about God and the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves is that these stories, we listen to them on repeat. We tell them over and over and over again. That story that God is disappointed in us, that story that God uh, doesn't like us very much, we play it on repeat. And some of us have played it on repeat since we were four or five or six years old. The story that at our very core, we are corrupt and evil. The story that we don't deserve love. That has been on repeat in our lives. And what happens is when things go bad, when life is really hard, when things get off the rails, we go ahead and hit play on that story again. And we say, well, of course things are going bad. I am bad and God is disappointed in me. And then when things are going really well, we go ahead and press play on the story again. And we say, uh, well, things are good right now, but I don't think they will be for very long because I don't deserve any of this. And surely the other shoe is going to drop. These narratives that have shaped us, we play them again and again and again. And gather this Lenten season over these next few weeks, I'm hoping that we can give you a new narrative in your life, a new way to be human, a new story you can tell yourself, a new way to understand God, believing that God is inviting you to change your mind about him. And that he has never needed to change his mind about you. So for you, what, what kind of story do you tell yourself about God? What narrative has shaped your understanding of God? Do you, do you think God is mad at you? Disappointed? I think some of us think that God loves us. Sure, he loves us. But I don't think he likes us very much. And hey, maybe you have a really healthy understanding of God, that you don't have any kind of narrative that has ever uh, been toxic or unhealthy in your life. And if that is you, bravo, and um, tell us what you've been reading or, or, or whatever it is. Maybe you have a really healthy understanding of God, and I, I love that for you. But I just wonder what, what unhealthy narratives you might have, what unhealthy stories and for you, does that story hold power over you? How often are you pressing play on those unhealthy narratives about God and about yourself, those negative stories? And for you, how could you release them from your life? How could you release those unhealthy, those toxic, those toxic narratives that all too often you hit play on? I think maybe this week just speaking them out loud would help. You just say them out loud, takes their power away. Often when we speak those kinds of things out loud, they finally start to sound untrue. That when we hold them quietly to ourselves, we believe them. But as soon as we say it to someone else, we go, yeah, that doesn't make sense anymore. Maybe you could just speak some of these negative 
toxic stories out loud to someone this week. Gather everyone has a theology, everyone, everyone, everyone has a story they tell themselves about themselves. This is what it means to be human, that we're trying to figure out who we are and trying to figure out what all of this is. These narratives make us who we are. They matter to God and they should matter to us because they impact our faith and our practice and ultimately they impact our identity. And I hear from people all the time who tell me that their religious experience, their their religious expression is exhausting them, that they're tired of religion, that they're exhausted by trying to prove themselves. They're exhausted by trying to make sure they're right all the time and trying to make sure they're right with God all the time. They're exhausted by the stories they tell themselves. Our friend Scott Erickson says this, being perfect for God is exhausting and unsustainable and not even the point. The goal is not to live perfect. The transformation is to live beloved. Then you'll be free and you'll honestly know God. Gather, live, beloved. Today I want to close my teaching with our gospel proclamation. We usually participate in this prayer at the end of a moment of silence. But I want to speak this prayer over you today as a new story for you, a new narrative that you can hit play on, that you can run on repeat in your life. And so I'll speak this over you today. You were created by God and he calls you good. You are loved by God, and he calls you child. You are rescued by God, and he calls you holy. Gather by the power of God through Jesus Christ. You are loved, forgiven, and free. Created, loved, rescued, forgiven, and free. This is who you are. This is the fundamental truth of your identity whether you feel it or not. You belong to God from eternity to eternity. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.